It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Happy Halloween. The Bengals might have tricked us. I'm James Rapine. Follow on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. This is the only daily Bengals podcast out there. It is great to be with you. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's uh, let's get to it here. You're going to hear from Paul Daner Jr., who covers the Bengals for the Enquirer today. I'm also going to get to some of your voicemails because I want to hear from you. The voicemail hotline, if you, if you haven't saved it in your phone, do me a favor because you're probably listening on your phone. Um, hit, hit the home button. And type in 513-666-0328. Hit save. Put locked on Bengals voicemail hotline. Or locked on Bengals hotline. Whatever you want to call it. And uh, leave a voicemail with your thoughts. It could be trade deadline thoughts. It could be thoughts halfway through the year. It could be who you think uh, is the MVP of the Bengals. Whatever Bengals thoughts you have, I want you to, to turn to... This can be especially now. I mean, we don't have a game to to preview on Sunday. So a lot of what this is going to be over the next couple of days is talking about what's happened in the past, what's what you expect in the future. And I, I would love to hear from you. I would love to mix in as many voicemails as I can. So save that hotline and feel free to leave a voicemail. Let's dive into it. The Bengals don't make a move in the trade deadline. And they don't make a move. And, and here's my problem with this. Here's my issue. And this might not be fair, and that's fine. It might not be fair about this team. It might not be fair about this organization in 2018. But here's the reality. Optics matter. Perception matters. And the perception is that the Bengals, they weren't interested in making a deal at the deadline. Now, we may hear otherwise, but have you heard anything yet? I haven't. It's been, as I record this, it's been more than 22 hours. Since the deadline passed, I haven't heard of one murmur of, oh, yeah, the Bengals were in on this guy. And uh, Paul Daner Jr. backed it up yesterday. He was on ESPN 1530 with Mo Egger, and he said this about why the Bengals didn't make a move. One, it's not what they do. Two, uh, you know, I, I would have thought that they would have been more open to adding to their team a little bit more this year, solely for a couple of factors. Um, the injuries that they've had in, in a couple positions in particular, tight end, linebacker, the most obvious, everybody knows that, um, where you would be looking. Um, but it's more than that. It's, it's They have multiple years now of, uh, of picks that have created the youngest roster, one of the youngest, two youngest rosters in the NFL, and a ton of picks next year. And we, we wondered how they were going to roster all the guys for this year, and they've had trouble with that. I mean, they had to take the chance of exposing our Kate a couple weeks ago. And, Lord, you know, we talked about picks that they've let go in, in the last couple of years. That's only going to get harder because they're not going to lose that many people, uh, but they are uh, going to add a ton more draft picks. So to have all those picks, it would seem to be an opportunity to use one 
uh, on a player. But the thing about that is I'm actually a little surprised at what picks are being given for some of these players. You know, I mean, obviously the Amari Cooper madness of giving up a one yeah. for him is, is insane. Uh, but, you know, we saw, we saw three for Golden Tate. We were see, you're just seeing, I, I think, higher numbers than you've maybe seen in the past uh, for players. Now, if, if you start getting into the third and fourth round picks, even, you know, the, a good five, uh, then, then I, I, you know, that's one of those where, uh, I, you know, okay, they, I can understand not doing it. I mean, you look at the success they've had in those, in those rounds. But if you were able to get away with giving away a six or something, which they're going to have five of next year, I would consider doing that, but that has not kind of been, uh, I think, the feel that I've gotten from them the entire time. That's Paul Daner Jr., Cincinnati.com. So that's the feel he's gotten from them the entire time. Is that, ah, uh, too pricey? And, and my counter to that would be, really? Golden Tate was too pricey. Oh, what about Demarius too pricey? For a fourth? Oh, I don't want to take on that contract. There's an opt-out at the end of the year. And then he could go sign elsewhere and you'd get a compensatory pick back. Maybe it won't be a fourth. Maybe it'll be a fifth. But I think that's worth it. I think a team in win-now mode says, oh, I want to go get Golden Tate, a guy who has had 90 reception, receptions in four straight seasons, a proven player, a guy that I really think when you go into Pittsburgh Week 17 is ready to ball out. But you're talking about two Super Bowl champions and Golden Tate and Demarius Thomas, two guys that are used to carrying offenses. They come here and they're the third weapon. They're the third guy. Maybe even the fourth if John Ross pans out. I mean, that's really what you're looking at. That's how you win in this league. And the fact that the Bengals, either one, viewed it as too rich, or two, didn't do anything at all. And and we could argue and go back and forth on that, but the reality is, is their perception is that they didn't do anything because they never do anything. They never do anything at the trade deadline. The last time they traded for an active player, traded an active player, get this, 1985. Now, Carson Palmer, inactive. Carson Palmer retired, so they traded him. Outside of that, they don't make in-season deals. And you're probably thinking, yeah, see, I told you so. But my problem with this, and me talking about it on this podcast and on my show every single day, noon to one on ESPN 1530, it was not to get your hopes up. It was simply to show what they should be doing. That's what they should be doing. Golden Tate is. It came for eight games plus the playoffs for the Eagles, right? A, a Favorite to win their division. Their division favorite. And they said, all right, we're going to give up a third for a proven player who's had 90 receptions in four straight years. And you know what? When he leaves at the end of the year, in 2020, we're going to get a compensatory pick that's familiar. It's similar to what we gave up. It might not be a third. Maybe it's a fourth. But that's worth it to us. That's worth it to us. Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, he said something very interesting. He was like, look, we don't care about winning the deal. We want to win games. We want to win. We're here to win. And as a Bengals fan, I think the majority of fans question the Bengals front office, question whether or not Mike Brown wants to win, is willing to go all in on winning. And that's just a a bad place to be. And this was a chance for the Bengals to change that, at least to a little bit, or, or at least a little bit. This was a chance for them to kind of flip the script. They did a little bit. This past offseason, right? The trade for Cordy Glenn, that was kind of interesting. Uh, they signed Preston Brown, which I thought was pretty good. Cutting Iloka, cutting Adam Jones, using that money to extend two of their best players. like Stuff like that 
It's like, huh, maybe they are going to be aggressive. And uh, and then they weren't. I, and maybe I, this is completely unfair, but that's how you feel, right? That's how I felt. Oh, well, that, there you go. Same old Bengals. Fair or not. Maybe they had a deal and it was down to the line like last year with A.J. McCarron and it, it just didn't get done. It couldn't get done by the deadline. Who knows? I haven't heard. But regardless of that, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like a team that thinks it's just going to get better with the guys it has. And I don't think you, me, or anybody else thinks this is the favorite to win the division right now. Not with all those injuries. Not with Pittsburgh potentially getting Le'Veon Bell back, too. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to get a guy. They're going to add a guy in Le'Veon Bell at some point. I, I expect him to play at some point. If that's the case, how do you counterpunch that? We'll have more on that in a bit. By the way, Peter Schrager tweeted this out, and I retweeted it, at James Rapine. He said he liked this quote from Eagles GM Howie Roseman. It's, quote, the message to our fans, to our players, to our coaches, to everyone in this organization is our foot's always going to be on the gas. Man, that is how I would GM. That is how I would GM. We are going to push for it. We are going to go for it. We are going to exercise every single option we have to win games, period. We're We're going to leave no stone unturned. That doesn't mean you always get a deal done. New England didn't get a deal done at the deadline. Kansas City didn't get a deal done at the deadline. The difference, though, is that it feels like the Bengals will never get a deal done at the deadline. That's the difference. Optics matter. Don't you think if, if New England thought there was a good deal out there, they would have made it? Absolutely. Don't you think if Kansas City thought there was a good deal out there for him, they would have made it? Absolutely. By the way, um, Schrager ended that tweet. Peter Schrager of NFL Network, he said, quote, how many GMs and teams are stuck in neutral? I think you today as a Bengals fan feel like this franchise, same coach for 16 years, same quarterback since 2011, same owner in Mike Brown forever who's operated the same way, same knocks are there, same criticisms. I think you feel like this team, this organization is stuck in neutral. That doesn't mean they're not good. That doesn't mean we don't, you, you don't root for them. It doesn't mean that at 5-3 and three they can't make the playoffs. It doesn't mean any of that. Of course they can't. But it also means, and it also feels like they missed an opportunity yesterday. It really does. And if you're a Bengals fan today, you look and you see, all right, well, the Eagles, they were already the favorites to win their division. The, the Houston Texans, who got Demarius Thomas, they were the favorites to win their division. And they went and got guys to help them do that and accomplish that. Like, and you might say, oh, well, the Bengals aren't favorites. Sure. But think about Houston. Didn't they start 0-3? <laughs> and all of a sudden, whoop, changes. And their speedster. Think about this. Their young, speedy wide receiver has a season-ending injury. And you know what they do? They're on the phone replacing him. Replacing him for this year to make sure that they don't waste a year of Deshaun Watson or DeAndre Hopkins or J.J. Watt. They don't want to waste that. They know their division isn't great. By the way, AFC North, not great this year. There's no great AFC North team. And yet it feels like, oh, you know, I would have given up a fourth for Demarius right now. You can literally, you cannot pick up his option after at the end of this year. He'll sign elsewhere and you'll get a pick back in return in 2020. Period. Point blank. Done. I mean, why wouldn't you take the Mariners? He's a Super Bowl champion. Fourth round pick. And I got some tweets like, yeah, but what about the Sam Hubbards of the world? Okay. I mean, we can do that. But for every Sam Hubbard, there's a Dante Moak. Like, I get it. Draft picks matter. 
The Bengals have a ton of draft picks, as Paul Daner Jr. pointed out. You're telling me they can't package 5-6 to move up to the to the fourth round to get the guy they want You know, in April's draft? I love the draft. And those of you that know me and listen to this podcast know how excited I get about the draft. But there's a difference between banking on unproven commodities and proven commodities. A couple of years ago, if the Bengals would have went out and signed Deshaun Jackson, I would have praised the hell out of him. Now, Tampa Bay is out of their damn mind because apparently they didn't make him available, which, huh, worst team in the uh, NFC South is Tampa Bay. That being said, there were other deals that could have been made. I would have given, I would have given up a third for Golden Tate. I would have given up a third and a sixth for Golden Tate or a third and a seventh, something to sweeten the deal to get an edge. And it might have been as simple as, as having him in the AFC and the Lions being in the NFC. Your third round pick might be better than the Eagles. So that that would have been one. Two, Demarius Thomas, he's available. Hell yes, I'm on board. Bengals did not make a move. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Up next, I'm going to answer a couple of your voicemails that you left on the Locked On Bengals hotline. But first, a word from Swap.com. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off of retail price on your favorite brands, Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap, and so much more. Don't spend a ton of money for new brand name clothes. Why are you going to buy kids' clothes if they're going to outgrow them in a couple months? If you're buying them brand new clothes, you're going to throw a lot of money down the drain. Instead, go get some gently used, awesome, they're in awesome condition, clothes from Swap.com. Stop driving to the store. You have to sift through racks. I love online shopping. I love Swap.com. Easily sift through millions of options at swap.com. Special offer since you listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast, you're going to get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code LOCKED ON. So, your first order, get 35% off and find new deals every single day on swap.com's homepage. Again, go to swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. And use promo code LOCKED ON for 35% off items. Nike, J. Crew, Carter, Gap, and so much more. Save right now with swap.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm James Zerpine, and welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Check out LockedOnBengals.com. There's plenty there in the written word. Also, every single podcast posted there. And I want to get to your voicemails, and I'm going to try to get to a couple each day for the rest of the week. Um, first, this is Will, and, and he wants to discuss uh, the Bengals game last Sunday, the 37-34 victory over Tampa, and the Bengals not closing out games. Here's Will. Hey, James. It's Will from Columbus, Ohio. Calling about the game. Sorry, I'm working out right now. All I call. I had the gym to myself, so I figured I'd give a quick shout. The game today reminded me a lot of the Ravens victory earlier this year. Jumped out to an early lead. Played way too conservative on offense. Defense started getting to the bend, don't break. Stopped forcing turnovers. It's a game out of nowhere. I don't know. The Bengals just need to work on closing out games when they get an early victory. Stop letting these other teams back into it. <clears throat> Granted, our loss and going down. All the other injuries on defense definitely played into that. So hopefully, hopefully this bye week is coming at the right time and we can get those guys back. Well, I appreciate the call. Don't work out too hard, my man. Um... Yeah, closing out games. You know what would help close out games? Um, one, it's pass rush. That's what closes out games, right? Well, they lost Carl Lawson, so that took a hit, and that stinks. I mean, that's a really big loss. You heard it yesterday from Joe Goodberry. If you missed that, by the way, Joe was great. Dave Lapham was great, and uh, you should check that out on uh, yesterday's Locked on Bengals podcast. But the other thing that would help close games is knowing – that you have enough weapons to have success. Like, we've seen these lulls, lulls in the Bengals' offense right now without Tyler Eifert. We've seen these lulls without John Ross, these lulls without Giovanni Bernard. And Eifert's not coming back. Gio's coming back, but does anyone trust Bill Lazor to really use him effectively? I, I don't know. I don't know if he can with Joe Mixon. That dynamic's interesting to me in the final eight games. The other thing is 
they couldn't get a first. They got their first first down with 4.46 to go in the game in the second half. You don't think Golden Tate would have helped there? Like, people are on me about adding offense and saying, oh, well, we need a linebacker, or the Bengals need this, or they need that. I, fine, I get all that. But, man, the reason the defense got its head kicked in last week, part of it at least, and I'm not defending the defense. It's historically bad right now. And hopefully they get some of these guys back and healthy and things change in the final eight weeks. But the offense did not get a first down. I believe it was its first four possessions of the second half. And then its fifth possession, it finally did with 446 to go in the game. That cannot happen. You think Golden Tate might be able to help with that? A crossing route with Boyd one side, Tate the other? By the time Ross gets healthy, he's outside along with Green and Tate and Boyd over the middle? Yes. Hell yes. Triple yes. Quadruple yes. The Bengals are putting a lot on Andy Dalton right now. I get that. I totally do. Not a great offensive line. Um, injuries on, on both sides of the ball. It's not like he's got great a great defense backing him up. They're going to have to outscore teams. That's why I wanted to give Andy another weapon. Not giving, a, giving him a pass or an excuse if he doesn't. But, man, that's the missed opportunity there. Like, it didn't take a rocket scientist to look at the offense and say, they can't finish. And, and with all these injuries, I mean, they've scored 13 points in six out of their last eight quarters total. 13 total points in six quarters? Yes, they had 27 in the first half against Tampa. But, man, total. Total points from the offense, 13 in six quarters. That's insanely bad. That's so bad. And it's not like it was, you know, oh, they, they shot themselves in the foot with a fumble here and a missed field goal there and a drop touchdown there. No, they don't even move the ball. They didn't move the ball against Kansas City. They didn't move the ball in the second half against Tampa Bay. So closing out games, I'm with you. They do need to learn to close out games, and I think part of that was getting better, finding another guy, another target. And I really I think that it's such a – Night and day difference from having one of those guys. Demarius or Golden Tate, either one. I bet you Bill Lazor would have loved that. I bet you Marvin Lewis would have loved that. You think those guys, in all seriousness, want to bank on John Ross coming along? I'm a John Ross guy, but I'm also realistic. He's been injured, and while I think he's got all of the talent in the world, I can't bank on him, and the team clearly doesn't believe in Auden Tate or Josh Malone or Cody Core or Alex Erickson. Alex Erickson will do what he's told. But he's not going to light it up playing outside wide receiver. You heard it from Joe Goodberry yesterday, too. So to me, if you could have got Tate in here, then you just make A.J. Green play more outside, which he can still do at a very high level. You make him become more of a deep threat. Maybe Ross comes along, and, and you have Tate on one side and Boyd on the other, just roving around, crossing routes, quick hitches, stuff like that. Get the ball out of Andy Dalton's fan, uh, hands quick. That's what I would have done. I really would have. I the more I think about it, the more Golden Tate would have could have been a huge asset. And then if Ross does become that deep threat, whoo, middle of the field would be wide open. Wide friggin' open. Um so yeah, closeout games, absolutely. I thought the Bengals should have helped themselves out. Maybe Bruce Irvin, maybe a pass rusher. That's part of closing out games too. Without Carl uh, Lawson, I said Carl Willis. Without Carl Lawson, it's gonna be up to Jordan Willis and Sam Hubbard. And I, I don't know if they can be that type of player. Let's get one more 
Greg, a very loyal listener from Madeira. Here's Greg on uh, Hugh Jackson potentially returning to the Bengals. Hey, James, this is Greg from Madeira. When Hugh Jackson got let go, this is a blessing for the Bengals. I would take him back in a heartbeat. I would have no problem with him next year or two if he was going to be our head coach. I mean, Hugh Jackson, he changed the whole offense in Cincinnati. So, without a doubt, I would take him back. That's Greg and Madeira. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting there. Um, here's what I'll say about Greg, uh, or about that, Greg. Hugh Jackson is 11-44-1 and 44 and one as a head coach. Now, I, I give him a pass on a lot of that. I don't think he had the talent. But there's a difference between coaching offense and being a head coach. A head coach is a manager. A head coach manages the coordinators. A head coach manages manages the the scouts and and, and manages you know uh, B team C team who plays who doesn't injuries etc. And, and that that's part of it. Now the front office has obviously has some some say in the scout stuff, but the the head coach oversees a lot of that. Right? He's a manager. He's not the GM, but he's a manager about of all the different things that go into a successful NFL football team. I'm not sure Hugh Jackson's a good one. No, he didn't have great talent. But what do we know about Hugh Jackson? One, most people in tune with the NFL say, yeah, Hugh didn't get that big of a raw deal, man. He did a lot of that to himself. Like a lot of people say that that I respect. Now, from afar, I look at it and I say, huh, no chance at winning in Cleveland. That being said, though, Hugh Jackson brought a lot of drama to Cleveland. He was very... Worried about what the media was saying. You could tell that. I, I could tell that during hard knocks. He wanted everyone to know he was the head coach. He was worried about um, the, the coordinators there obviously taking over. It was just a really dysfunctional situation. And while the Bengals aren't the Browns and the Bengals are more as much grief as I've given them about the deadline and things like that, they're certainly a much better organization than the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if Hugh Jackson is a good head coach. I've seen him now twice. And so what will Mike Brown entertain the idea? I, I would think so. I think Mike Brown could see Hugh Jackson being Marvin's successor still. I don't know if I would go that route. In fact, I would say 90% chance as of right now, I wouldn't. I just, I wouldn't. I would look for a young, up-and-coming, offensive mind, like... Someone who's going to be aggressive, someone who's going to change things. Now, Mike Brown is in his 80s. The last thing old dudes want is change. When you're old, you want to stick to your habits, do what you've done throughout your life. So that's the the counterpoint is what's realistic. If there was a betting odds on who Marvin's successor was, I would say Hugh Jackson right now, probably the favorite. Seriously, I don't think it's anyone in-house. So if they hire Hugh Jackson in any kind of role, assistant to the head coach, associate head coach, assistant to Mar- whatever it is. I think that that becomes likely. And I don't blame you for saying that. He can coach offense, no doubt about it. But is he a good head coach? Two different things. Is he a good manager of people? Can he interact with people? Can he massage not only the divas' egos, because he was great with, with Chad Johnson doing that, but can he do that with every single member of that football team? Every single one. And if the answer, if you're unsure about it, and I don't know how you could be sure, if you're unsure about it, especially after 11, 44, and 1, 
you might uh, you might look elsewhere. I also think that in Clay Helton could be out at USC. I think Hugh Jackson might have interest in that USC head coaching job. Just me, just me throwing that out there. Um, I think that that is a if if it comes open and they want him. I think he will take that job. I'll say that. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Get your voicemails in at 513-666-0328. Who's the MVP of the Bengals through eight games? Who um, do you worry about the most the next eight games? Are you worried about the defense? Are you worried about the offense? Are you concerned about the coordinator? Are you concerned about – what is it? Give me your thoughts. I would love to answer more voicemails like this and kind of set it up that way since we're on a bye for the next couple of days. You can also tweet me at James Erpine. Email me, James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. Also, shout out to you. Locked on Bengals Twitter has over 2,000 followers. You guys are the best listeners in the world. So if you're not following Locked on Bengals, you can follow us there as well. And I would love, love, love if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes because it lets more Bengals fans know where we're at. It makes us easier to find. You can also subscribe Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, every podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. I'm James Rapine. Have a great night. Happy Halloween. I hope it's wonderful. Back at it tomorrow. Bengals are 5-3. and three. That's good, right? I'm James Rapine. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.